Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Today is another ultra episode. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. I've got a lady in front of me who has a very diverse background in what she's been doing and that eventually led her to be part of the ultra organisation. So I'm going to hand you over to Latifa Hamdoun and I know you're going to listen and enjoy her story. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Irene. So you've introduced me. My name's Latifa. So perhaps it, I could just start from the beginning. So my role within Ultra Education is I'm the Ultra and the Education Director. Um, I'll come on to what that actually means in a bit. But going back to the beginning, my background is in education. So I've been teaching um, both in the UK and abroad for over 20 years. I've set up brand new schools from scratch. I've developed new curriculums and strategies for various departments. I've been head of department and led on various strategies and initiatives within schools. And I've done a wide range of different schools with different diverse backgrounds and needs and challenges. So yes, I've spent <laughs> a lot of time in education, both in the classroom and in leadership. Um, as well as doing other things, which I've loved. I mean, initially, when I, you know, if you'd asked me when I'd left school, you know, what do you want to do? Um, would you like to be a teacher? I would have cried or laughed, I'm not sure which, but I definitely wouldn't have thought I'd ever want to be a teacher. And originally, what I actually wanted to do is I wanted to be an educational psychologist. But there's different ways of doing that now, but back then, because it was a little while ago, um, you had to be a teacher first. So I did a very strange degree. Nobody understood my degree and thought I was a bit weird. And sometimes I could be bothered to explain it if people, if I thought people were genuinely interested. And But most of the time I just left people a little bit baffled or thinking I was a bit weird. My degree was in design technology and psychology. So neither one had anything to do with the other. But I had a very clear vision and plan as to what I wanted to do, because at that time, I wanted to be an educational psychologist. To do so, you had to have a degree in psychology, but you also had to have been teaching in mainstream schools for a minimum of two years. And the subject that I was really good at and really enjoyed was design technology. So really, if I explain it, it kind of makes sense. It was a no-brainer. I'm going to do psychology and design technology, but it just sounded a bit weird. So I went into education with the intention, you know, with, with the idea that I was only going to do it for two years and then pursue my psychology degree. But I just kind of um, slotted right in from day one on my very first school placement. And within a week, they just kind of let me get on with it. And I just naturally fell into it. I loved it. Um, the kids seemed to like me for whatever reason. And... That was it. And having kind of researched, once I'd got into the education and, and felt so comfortable doing what I was doing, I kind of worked with educational psychologists as part of my role anyway, and then actually realised it's not what I thought it was. 
and it wasn't really what I, I, I wanted to be working with kids, helping them. And educational psychology kind of did something else. So 20 years on. <laughs> um, so I stuck with, with education. But in the meantime, I also did other things. So I love to teach and that's my passion. You know, I'm, I'm happiest in the classroom. Give me any kind of child with any story, any background, any level. I really don't care. Um, it, it makes no difference. Actually, the more challenging, <laughs> the better. <laughs> you know, keep me on my toes. But I knew that that was all well and good. And that was the profession that I'd chosen and enjoyed. But I was never going to be wealthy. Even going up into leadership and doing various roles, etc., consultancy, this, that, and the other. Um, I was never going to be wealthy, and I knew that. And although wealth isn't necessarily important to me, I wanted the security. So I ventured into a few different businesses, but it was almost like a little secret life that I had in the background um, that nobody really knew. Actually, I don't think I told anyone. There was one one person um, that knew a little bit. And the reason I never spoke about my business ventures was because of the education system. So teachers are academics. Their parents were probably academics, or if not, they have a very traditional mindset in that, you know, you, you, you work hard, you study, you get the grades, you go to uni, you get a good job, and you settle down and, you know, get on with your life. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. If that's what you choose and that's, that works for you, that's absolutely fine. But it wasn't enough for me. So I kind of wanted my cake and eat it, really. So I wanted to do the career that I loved, but I wasn't satisfied with the financial return on that because people think teachers go in at nine o'clock and walk out the door at three o'clock and they get 13 weeks holiday a year and it's all kishti. The reality is very, very far from that. So um, I would typically be working 14 hours a day. I would work during weekends. I would work during all the holidays. I would run extra clubs and support groups and other initiatives. And you do it for the kids. You don't get any recognition or financial return. or You do it because you're passionate and you want to make a difference. Mm. But my life was consumed with my career. Uh, and even being on the top of my pay scale... It's okay. But I, I just, yeah, for me, it wasn't enough. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I, I chose to do other things. So in that time, I had a few different businesses. My main business still till now is within property. So I'm a property investor um, and developer. So I develop properties, I invest in properties, and I do various things around property. That's my main business. And I've been doing that probably for about, well, actually, I bought my very first house um, when I was 18. <laughs> and the house was far too big just for myself and my partner. And you have to pay the same mortgage regardless. And I knew nothing about property at that time. And I knew nothing about HMOs or any of the sort of property strategies 
I was 18, I knew nothing, but I, I knew I had a big house and it was just two of us. And I had a massive mortgage because back then the interest rate was like about 12% and an entire salary went just to pay the mortgage and the other salary just about paid the bills and transport and your basics. Um, and I thought, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I like having my own house. I don't like all this financial responsibility. I don't, you know, I didn't like how that worked out. So I decided, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to partition this part and I'm going to put a kitchenette upstairs and I'll put another shower over here and then I've got two two one-bedroom, well, upstairs was like a two-bedroom flat and downstairs was one-bedroom flat, which was fine for me. And I, I did that. I spent, I don't know, about £200 or something because my dad did most of it. And um, that paid for my mortgage. So I was living rent-free. And I thought, this is quite nice. <laughs> so that's how it kind of started. Um, yeah, so anyway, I can go on about that, but I won't. So property is one of my businesses. I've also got various shops, coffee shops, bakeries um, in West London. So I had all of this stuff going on, which I was doing, um, along working 14-hour days teaching, and I was spending the rest of the time um, doing these other things, and nobody really knew about that old world. And that was fine. My other businesses were doing very, very well. I didn't need to be teaching. I didn't need to be working 14 hours a day teaching. But I chose to because that, that is my passion. But as the years kind of went on and as my businesses got more successful, I kind of found myself feeling a little bit hypocritical because, of course, school is important and your grades you know, you want to get good grades. And of course, I want all my students to achieve the best they can. But I felt I wasn't, I wasn't being true enough. I wasn't serving them. I wasn't giving them what they deserved and what they needed, um, apart from getting the grades. Because, of course, I knew that the real world out there will ask far more than just your grades. And I felt that the education system didn't lend itself well enough to equip young people with those skills. And it wasn't just the soft skills, you know, the communication and problem solving and critical thinking and all of those things. It, I felt it wasn't doing those things well enough. But what, was, what I felt was really important um, that wasn't really being addressed at all What's the mindset? Because as an entrepreneur, you'll, you'll know mindset is everything. And that, that I felt just didn't exist. And so kids kind of felt, you know, they had to do well in school. They had to get their grades and they had to go on to university and blah, 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 blah. Because that's the system. That's what teachers will tell the kids. That's what parents, well, not all, but a lot of the parents... And there kind of wasn't much scope for, for anything else. And it was fine for me because I was doing quite nicely. But I didn't go into education. I went into education to make a difference. I went into education to, to nurture, to support, to, to help young people flourish and be the best they can be and be happy and be successful. 
success is an interesting word within education because what does that actually mean? To me, it means something completely different to what it actually means to a lot of teachers. And that's partly why, well, it's, it's one of the main reasons why none of my teacher colleagues really knew what I was doing outside because even as an adult, and even though I was doing well, I knew I would be sneered upon, you know, it's okay for her, you know, she does this and that sort of, because it's a different mindset. And I kind of felt there wasn't much point in me. I, I didn't want to kind of debate it or justify it or, but I did have those discussions with the kids. So although I didn't speak to the, to the adults about it, I would have those discussions in the classroom with the kids. And I integrated a lot of sort of entrepreneurial thinking and an entrepreneurial mindset and success and um, risk and all of those sort of things. I just naturally, gradually integrated it more and more into what I was teaching. So I blended as much as I could within the curriculum limitation because it's not necessarily what you teach, but how you teach it. So I found myself doing more and more of that with my students and it made such a difference. I mean, I always had a very open um, relationship with all my students and there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of discussion and a lot of questioning in my lessons anyway. That's my style of teaching. But when I sort of angled it a little bit more towards the entrepreneurial way of thinking, it really got quite interesting. So I just thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I'm, I'm not really being true to my beliefs. And I, why am I hiding success? You know, and I just made a decision. And I just thought, I'm done following the rules. I never really followed the rules that much, to be honest, anyway. <laughs> just enough not to get in trouble. But... Um, I kind of did a lot of things my way. But yeah, I, I just got to that point and I thought, there's nobody out there. There's nothing out there really teaching kids what they need to be successful or even discussing what success means other than statistics. So I left um, before meeting with Julian or knowing about Ultra. I'd made a very conscious decision as to what I wanted to do and the difference that I wanted to make to young people. And I gave my notice in, set a date. And I, I knew one thing. I knew that I wanted to be part of making a massive impact and difference to young people's futures. But it was far too big for me. And I definitely didn't want to do it on my own. Um, I couldn't. I knew I couldn't, but I knew I could make an impact towards that. So handed in my notice, decided to leave. And then this guy, like probably about two weeks after, or less than two weeks after um, making that decision and giving my notice in, this random guy that I'd never met, didn't even know I was friends with on Facebook, pops up in my face and starts talking about teaching kids entrepreneurship. And that that's just an example. I always say to young people, you don't necessarily need to know the how, but just know the what. 
What is it you want to achieve? What is it that you want in your life? What difference do you want to make? So you need to have a clear what and why. You don't necessarily need to work out the how. Because once you have that clarity, the how somehow just appears. And that's exactly what happened. So the guy that popped up was Julian Hall. And I kind of um, stalked him silently for a while, just trying to suss out who this guy is and what's he really doing? What's he really about? Uh, So I did that for a little while and then made contact and said, hey, I think we should talk. And the rest is history, really. But, um, yeah, our, our vision and mission just aligned perfectly. We, ha- we come from different backgrounds. We have, you know, we all have our, our strengths in different areas, but we was just so completely compatible in our mission and what we wanted to achieve. Um, so that's how I joined Ultra and became um, Ultra's education director. So my main role within Ultra is I do a lot of the content development. I do a lot of the meetings with um, some of the head teachers and introducing the concept because even just getting them to open the door to have this conversation from a non-education, you know, education person background is quite difficult. <laughs> so that's my story, really. And as far as being um, involved as the education director, where does that take you? Is it just, is that countrywide that you can, you will take ultra out? Well, we want every child, wherever they may be. I mean, the big vision is is international. We actually get a lot of inquiries um, internationally from various organisations and educational institutions and individuals who have kind of heard or seen what we do and what we're about and say, we want some of this over here. So there is definitely a need and an interest. And we've grown tremendously in a very short space of time. Our mission is we want to reach a million kids in the UK in the next few years and then, you know, 10 million internationally. So the, yeah, our vision is big. We want to impact on as many young people as we possibly can. So how do people get hold of you or find out about Ultra? Okay, so if you just go onto our website, so if you just type in, if you just go into Google and put Ultra Education, will be the first one that pops up, and pretty much everything is on there. So that will give you quite a lot of information as to where we are and what we do, how we do it, and there will be an email there as well for any inquiries. So if, um, if we've got educators listening on the podcast, which I hope we have, and they want to just get in contact with you. For... Yeah. So if you want to contact me directly, it's Latifa, that's spelled L-A-T-I-P-H-A, at ultra.education. Brilliant. So the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. Um, so I always end the podcast asking that same question to everyone on the podcast. So what does that mean to you, raising successful kids? For me, raising successful kids are having young people who are happy, self-assured, self-confident, independent, and have clarity 
as to who they are and what they want to achieve. Just allowing that to be their focus. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really enjoyed Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, everybody. If you would like to subscribe to the Facebook page and Instagram page, please do so. Please check out Ultra Education as well. And we look forward to having another Ultra episode very soon. Mm-hmm.